0: Minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network, or via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Descone, I'm hosting today's program. If you wonder what Anarchy is all about, simple, very simple. Anarchos without rulers. Not without rules, without rulers. How do you create a society without rulers? You devolve power. Break down hierarchy, create a society which is based on direct de- democratic principles where the people involved decision, make that decision and then appoint or elect delegates to coordinate those decisions at a local, regional and national level. It's a society where wealth is held in common. It's inequalities in wealth is what gives people power. Inequalities in power is what actually allows them to exercise power. As you see with a Presidente Donald Trump in the United States of America, what happens when somebody thinks they're emperor? And that's the extreme. But in some cases, like in Russia, we do actually have emperors, or in China, we have emperors. So that's the difference. If you want to be, you know, you want to be bossed around, pushed around, exploited by rulers go ahead, enjoy yourself. But if you want to create a society without rulers, you're interested in promulgating these ideas, well then listen to the Anarchist World this week and more importantly, get involved in many of the activities that we're organising uh, during the year. Okay, let's start off. And now I've got a few announcements. Yes, we do announcements. I think if I get rid of them first, we can then... Pontificate about nothing in particular Now I'm sure Most listeners have never heard of Mr Richard Tate T-A-T-E Well Richard has been An activist For decades And he's lived in Melbourne for the last few decades Uh, He's now in his mid-80s And is battling A number of serious health issues Okay What happens to all of us as we get old? Some of us have to battle serious health issues when we're young. So what we fought instead of waiting for Richard to die and then say nice things about him, public interest before corporate interest, and he's a foundation member of public interest before corporate interest, is holding a living wake. You like that? A living wake for Mr Richard Tate, which all our listeners from all over Australia and the world, via the World Wide Web, are invited to attend. And if 5 million turn up, well, we'll do the uh, loaves and fishes biblical, you know, uh, trick. So, we're having a living wake for Richard Tate, Mr. Richard Tate, T-A-T-E, at midday. And you've got to be there at midday, because when you hear it's going to be, you'll understand why. On Saturday the 11th of February, that's right, midday, on Saturday the 11th of February, for a living wake, where we're going to tell Richard how much we have appreciated all his efforts over the years. There's no point telling him when he's dead, because he won't hear us, all right? So that's the beauty. Instead of doing a wake when somebody dies, why don't you take up, you know, I mean, this is not a new concept, do a living wake. Now, there is a cost involved because it's an all-you-can-eat Asian and Western restaurant. So there's an Asian menu and a Western menu. and It's all you can eat, and that's why you need to get there at midday because if you get there late, mate, you may not get much. Well, the cost is $12.50, which is very reasonable for seniors, and $14.50 for non-concession holders. And it's the Food Star Restaurant. It's in Melbourne at three hundred and fifteen, Nepean Highway in Frankston. You don't have to book. You don't have to. You know. You don't have to give anybody any money until you turn up. Just turn up on the day. The function room has been booked. Just pay your money as you walk in. Twelve dollars fifty seniors. Fourteen dollars fifty for non-concession holders. Into the restaurant. Food Star, all you can eat, 315 Nepean Highway, Frankston. Join the living weight for Mr Richard Tate on the 11th of February. Now this information will be going up on a number of our websites, the Pipsy website, Public Interest before Corporate Interests, uh, the Facebook page for Public Interest before Corporate Interests. It'll go up on the Toscano for the Public uh, Facebook page and obviously it'll go up on the Anarchist Moon Institute uh, webpage. So all this information will be up there and uh, just turn up on the day. Good afternoon, we may do many more of these because there are a lot of elderly activists in this country who've given a lot of time, effort, energy, money to creating a better society and who in many regards feel that their efforts may not have been worthwhile considering the state of the world today, including the state of Australia and it's one way to honour these people. So uh, Living Wakes... They're all the go. Okay, now let's move on. Now, as you know, we get involved in a lot of activities here on the Anarchist World this week, and uh, we're involved in a lot of things, as I said before, public interest before corporate interests. Uh, the membership is slowly rising. We have, have over 300 members who are on the electoral roll who've sent us in all their details, and uh, that's good. And hopefully in the next six months or so, we'll get over the magic 550 mark, and be able to be registered as a federal political party by the end of the year or uh, early in 2018. It is, it, is, it is a laborious process. Now, if you want to join, you can do a number of things. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052 and we'll send you an application form or a number of application forms just in case you have an interested friend or relative. You can download the application form from P, uh, info, info, I-N-F-O, at PIBCI, dot net and PIBCI is Public Interest Before Corporate interests. You can download, or you can ring me on 0439 395 489 as the Secretary of uh, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest. I'll send you out some forms, so it's up to you, whether you join or not. Now, there are a number of PIBCI members from the uh, Frankston-Hastings area, will be congregating outside the key word is congregating outside the Centrelink offices in Frankston, which are across the road from the town hall and just down the road from the Arts Centre at ten thirty AM on Thursday the third. No, sorry, my apologies. Thursday the second of February. That's ten thirty to about twelve thirty, one o'clock. If you want to help them. Turn up, if you want to join on the day, turn up, you can join on the spot, and uh, they'll be uh, campaigning on the uh, federal government declares war on social security recipients you know it's it's it's, it's a really wonderful society we're living. We have billionaires, two billionaires who own more assets than five million Australians, and we have billionaires who pay voluntary taxation. We have corporations that pay less taxation than uh, somebody earning $80,000 a year while turning over billions of dollars, and they do it all legally. But the government of the day, led by uh, Mr Turnbull, has decided that the way to get money is to screw people on social security benefits. And you've got to remember there's a lot of people rely on social security benefits, not just the 33% of Australians, that's one in three who, re- who rely on start allowances, student allowances, uh, old age pensions, uh, disability support pensions, uh, single parents uh, benefits, and the list goes on and on. But there are many people with young children who rely on uh, government support. And we're now seeing a situation where the federal government has turned all the instruments of the state, all its power, all its public servants, to extract a few dollars, you know, a few dollars. The pound of flesh from Social Security beneficiaries in an attempt to uh, balance the books. And that's why I, live, I love living in the greatest country in the known universe or galaxy or whatever, Because when the going gets tough, we've always got people less able to defend themselves that we can kick around and bash around, whether it's the homeless or people who find them in prison or people on social security benefits or people of a particular religious persuasion. You know, know, it's Muslims this week. Who knows who's going to be next week? Jews. You know, people of a particular ethnicity... Yeah, that's the great thing of living in the uh, Western world. Okay, so they have declared war. And if you want to fight back, a good way to fight back is to become involved in a political movement. You can go into Centrelink, and you have to go into Centrelink. You can hold the phone for 24 hours, and it'll go on and on and on. Get involved in the political movement. Change the laws. That's the way to go forwards. Let's move on. Inside, outside. New terminology, not mine. Obviously, I've never had an original thought in my life. But inside, outside. You like that? Now, we're also involved in the Defend and Extend Public Housing Campaign, which is launched in Victoria about uh, three months ago because, in every day there's uh, stories about homeless people who are there for the joy of living on the streets, you know, getting three hot meals a day, and it just goes on and on. So... And we know that 50% of Australians in 2017 will never be able to raise the deposit for a house and they will have to rely on renting for the rest of their lives. And we know that people who own more than one home actually get a tax deduction in this country while people are trying to get their foot in the, in the housing market can't even use part of their superannuation to get their foot in the housing market. And the biggest difference between living... In abject poverty, when you're older or disabled, and uh, you know living a reasonable, not comfortable, reasonable existence is home ownership. So defending, extend public housing was the, is what's called an inside outside campaign. It's a campaign that works within the system, and it also works outside the system. Now we don't go there begging and beseeching. But the working inside the system is placing pressure, political pressure, by growing the extra-parliamentary direct action movement, which is actually attached to an inside-outside campaign, putting political pressure on the people who make those decisions. Now, across this country over the last two decades, the decision that has been made is to wipe public Housing off the books at a state liberal, state level, and federal level. Nobody uses the words public housing anymore. It's either affordable housing. You know, affordable housing, community housing, social housing. Now these are fancy terms for the privatisation, not just of the management but of the titles which are owned by the state government. In Victoria, the Labor-led government under the Housing Minister, Mr Foley, is handing over or intends to hand over public titles to privately owned organisations, some for profit, some not for profit, to not only manage public housing, but they actually own it and they can actually use that public housing asset's To increase their empire. And the dilemma with the so called housing affordability problem is that it's not complex. We are told it is a complex issue. It is not a complex issue, it is a simple issue. It is an issue of creating a mixed economy where there's a private sector and a public sector competing in the same marketplace today all the legislation which is in place is in place to reward investors that's what it's about that's what negative gearing is about is to reward investors there is no government policy which is actually aimed at which is aimed at defending and extending public housing stocks and the state I'm most familiar with is the state I live in, which is Victoria. In Victoria over the last five years, public housing stocks have decreased by over 10%. Ten, sorry, over 20%. 10,000 public housing units have either been run down to such an extent they're no longer able to be lived in, and that stock is sold to the private sector so they can redevelop that land, and some of it is prime land in the uh, CBD areas. Or those titles have been transferred to the community and social housing sector, which, in you know, black and white means the private sector. So there is nobody who is promoting the concept of public housing as a mechanism via which to increase housing affordability. Because if you think public housing only relies, only depends on the 3% of Victorians who find themselves in public housing and that it doesn't affect anybody else, it does. Because when the private sector has a monopoly on a particular field of endeavour, whether it's housing, whether it's food, whatever they will extract the maximum profit from that area. Now, if you've got a significant public housing stock, which is not just earmarked for people who find themselves in acute, difficult crisis situations and need emergency situation, but people who will never be able to afford to buy their own home, who would pay market rents if they are working and 25% of their income if they're not, you know, for a roof over their heads, it is a mechanism via which people can have secure housing and build those community relationships with their local schools and shops and services which are so important to create a viable, strong, safe community. And that's the word, secure, safe community. And that comes from the ability of people not only having access to services, but actually having some type of decent accommodation to rear children in. So the more public housing stock you have, the greater the pressure on the private rental market if we're going to use the old supply and demand uh, equation, which they're always talking about, if you have an increased supply of public housing, you'll put pressure on rental properties and investors who own rental properties who negatively gear them and actually decrease their taxation load by negatively gearing their rental properties all legally, of course, right? You put downward pressure on rents. So especially in the more cheaper rental divisions, you will find that as you increase the public housing stock, rents fall. And as rents fall and capital gains fall, what happens is that prices at the lower end of the market as far as housing is concerned will fall and that will allow younger people the ability to actually enter the public Enter the housing market, the private housing market, without the need of having rich parents, as as Malcolm keeps telling us. So, what are we doing about it? Look, I could talk to the cows come home, you know that. I can talk under wet concrete. I can blow a little bubble and talk under wet concrete. But so, what are we doing? This is the inside-outside campaign. This is the brilliance of this campaign. This campaign. Defend, uh, public interest before corporate interest Was asked by a number of public, ha- public housing ginger groups To coordinate a campaign And this campaign is based on a simple principle Of applying pressure on the Victorian state government And you could do it in your part of uh, Australia To change their policies regarding public housing And how do we do that? Well it's simple We hold one rally currently every month outside State Parliament, which we hope will grow over the next two years, as this issue bubbles along and uh, most likely will become the most important issue for the next State and Federal election, the issue of housing security and housing affordability. Rally a month on parliamentary sitting days to put direct pressure on the Government, and in Victoria. There's an interesting situation. The Liberal Party, the National Party, the Labor Party, that's the opposition plus the Labor Party, all have policies which will basically see the phasing out of public housing. The Victorian Greens, who have a number of members in Parliament, two in the Legislative Assembly in the City of Melbourne and Paran, And I think four or five, I think five in the Legislative Council, maybe it's four, right? Now they are in a position, in a position to hold the balance of power after the next state election and determine who will form a government at the end of 2018 in Victoria. Now the Victorian Greens, and I'm not a green member, you know that. You know the problems I've had with uh, the Greens under Senator Richard Di Natale, but that's another issue. Have a strict policy of supporting public housing, and their parliamentary representatives have been at rallies which you organised in November, uh, in um, November December last year, to make that a clear point and why is that important I'll tell you why is that important because the outcome of the next state election will be decided in the Melbourne CBD most of the large housing estates are in the Melbourne CBD and the two seats which the Greens hold Paran and Melbourne are in the Melbourne CBD that's within 10 kilometres of the Melbourne CBD Mr Foley who's the Minister for Housing the Victorian State Parliament seat of Albert Park is in, you know, a marginal seat. Every one of these inner-city seats are marginal seats, and it's highly likely that unless the Labor Party changes its policies regarding public housing, that they will lose the next state election. They will lose three or four of these inner-city seats to either independents or most likely Green members of Parliament. Now, at the last state election, the ALP, concerned about the East West Link uh, protests, made a decision before the election to actually not go ahead with that contract, although the contract had been signed. They've got the same problems, same problem, before the next state election. Do they continue with their phasing out of public housing policies or do they increase public housing stock? I'm not talking about diverting $50 or 50 million, I'm talking about billions of dollars. If they can find 8 to 10 billion of dollars to build an underground you know, railway network through the CBD, I'm sure they can find 3 or 4 or 500 billion dollars to build Build, maintain public housing stock So that's the dilemma They face Not our dilemma Our issue Is to put pressure on them To put pressure on them And how do we do that? Do we do that by begging and beseeching? No Do we do that by knocking on their office doors? Sometimes But the way we do that Is to build an outside campaign A campaign campaign outside the parliamentary precincts an extra parliamentary campaign that's what we do and have, having these monthly rallies outside parliament house is one mechanism just one not the you know the only one one mechanism to build that campaign one you invite them to address the crowds two you increase the number of people Coming to these rallies Now the next rally will be very soon It'll be on the 8th of February The first rally for the month The Victorian State Parliament Sits on the 7th of uh, Begins its parliamentary year On the 7th of February And will be on the steps of Parliament House On the 8th of February Midday to 2pm Guest speakers And more importantly Open microphone. Because many of the public housing stories you will be here are positive stories of men and women and children in difficult circumstances who have been able to enjoy a secure life because of the availability of public housing, especially stock purchasing, where houses are purchased within the community. So there are many mechanisms by which to provide public housing, many mechanisms. That's not our issue. Our issue is to ensure that that stock increases. So if you are in the City of Melbourne on the 8th of February, which is a Wednesday, I encourage you to bring your friends and your relatives to the Public Housing Rally, the Defend and Extend Public Housing Rally, which will be starting at 12 o'clock will go to about 1.32 on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House in Spring Street in Melbourne. And as I said, this is an inside campaign, it's an outside campaign. It's a parliamentary campaign, it's an extra-parliamentary campaign. It's melding both tactics together in order to apply maximum pressure on a government which will lose its majority if it continues down the road it has continued. you listen to The Anarchist World this week. Broadcast across Australia and the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. Now the program is podcast. I don't know if you understand about podcast, but it is podcast. That means it is available for the next four to six weeks. It is available there on the podcast. All you've got to do is go to 3cr.org.au. 3cr.org.au to download the podcast, listen to it, send it to your friends, send it to your enemies, send it to Mr Foley, you know, he'd like that. So think about it, the program is podcast, you can access the podcast. It's also streaming live on 3cr.org.au and via the community radio network, it reaches every corner of Australia. Over 150 community radio stations are members of the community radio network. Every one of those stations has the ability to either broadcast this program live or broadcast at a later date or broadcast bits and pieces of this program. So if you are listening to the anarchist world this week for the first time, you like what you hear and you want other people to hear it, find out where your local community radio station is, knock on their door, and see if they can broadcast. We also broadcast outside the community radio network. So if your radio station is not affiliated with the community radio network, that's your community radio station, the anarchist will this week can also be broadcast outside. So now if you want to learn more, if you want to learn more, right? you want to learn more about Defend and Extend, Public Housing Campaign, go to the Facebook page, Defend and Extend Public Housing Australia. Defend and Extend Public Housing Australia. There will be a list of speakers for next week's rally on the 8th of February. There will be people making comments about various issues. It doesn't matter where you live in Australia, you can post material up there. So thank you for... uh, Becoming part. This is an important campaign Which we will be promoting Organising Pushing for the next Two years This is not just a little flash in the pan Where you have one little big protest And one little protest And it's all over This is a consistent campaign Okay let's move on Now you have to laugh sometime You really have to laugh And I did laugh when I I uh, saw the Foreign Minister of Indonesia, I think it's a Mr Rento or Rento. Sorry, sir, if I don't remember your name, he's really not in my uh, Bailey quick, you know. Usually don't hobnob with foreign ministers of countries. But getting back to uh now they were ropeable. On the sixth of January, two people, one with a camera and one with a West Papuan flag, sauntered into the grounds of the Indonesian consulate in Melbourne and raised the West Papuan flag, right? Now, the foreign minister, that's the right, the foreign minister, a few days ago, the Indonesian foreign minister was bitching that the Australian government hadn't arrested these people. And these are the exact words for criminal and an intolerable act, a criminal and intolerable act, raising the West Papuan flag. Now, I can understand their embarrassment at the fact that there's all these images all over the world of a West Papan flag flying over the Indonesian consulate in Melbourne. But when it comes to criminal and intolerable acts, let's look at this little statement Now, on the one hand, you've got an activist flying a West Papuan flag over the Indonesian consulate in Melbourne on the 6th of January. Now, on the other side, you've got 60-year history. Over a half a million West Papuans dying has a direct consequence of Indonesian colonisation of West Papua over the last 60 years. This is from a population of 1.5 million West Papuans. If... Somebody in West Papua, and this happens every year, you know, relentlessly every year, especially on the 1st of December, which is West Papua Independence Day, right? If you raise a flag in West Papua, a West Papuan flag, you will be shot on the spot. And every year, people are shot, killed, murdered, injured. And if you're lucky enough to survive and are just arrested and beaten up, it's an automatic 10-year prison sentence. Now, is that a criminal and intolerable act? Hmm? Is that a criminal and intolerable act? The fact that West Papuan leaders who now find themselves as refugees in this country, like uh, uh, Dr Jacob Rumbiak, are jailed for 10 years and tortured and shot for a Raising the issue of West Papua independence, you know, in West Papua itself, I mean, is that a criminal and terrible act, or is just that, or is that the rule of law? Now, there is one way that you, as a listener to the anarchist World this week, can get, you know, get a little bit of solace from all this. Three years ago. Four years ago was the first time I came in contact with the West Papuan refugees who are living in Melbourne. And I made the resolution, a personal resolution to myself, that I would do everything I could to ensure that the West Papuan message got out, not just in Australia but the rest of the world. And I personally formed the West Papuan independence movement, Rent, collective and that's a very simple concept because if West Papuans tried to set up an office in Australia it would be closed down by the federal government but because people like me and other interested people in this city and this the country donate a dollar a day a miserable dollar a day a dollar a day, to the Rent Collective, the West Papua Independence Movement has been able to establish its first permanent office in the world. And that office over the last three years, which is in Docklands, you know, an office fitting an independent nation, a nation fighting for its independence, has been able to be used to lobby governments around the world in a successful attempt to bring the matter of West Papua independence to the United Nations, especially to the Decolonisation Committee. There is not often that with a few cents, a dollar a day, that you can be part of a political, social, cultural movement to right the rights, the wrongs, to right wrongs. It's not often. Not often. And we have that potential. And obviously every month we have difficulty in getting enough people to donate money to the rent Collective. It happens every month. Every month. Every month, so we need more members in the West Parkland Rent Collective. You can donate anonymously. If you have a holiday in Bali, relax. You can do it anonymously. All you've got to go is you go to a Commonwealth Bank branch. You give your 30 bucks. You give them the account and bingo. All right. You can do it with an open heart. You can tell them. You know. You can. You can do it in many ways. So, if you want to become a member of the West Papua and Rent Collective, and we already have over 60 members. If you want to become a member, now is the time to act. If you want to make a difference, if you want to write what is a criminal and an intolerable situation, now is the time to make a difference. I am sure you can find a dollar a day. And if you can't find a dollar a day, I'm sure you can find 20 cents a day and four other people who are willing to click in 20 cents a day. Maybe you meet friends for coffee once a month. Maybe have a poker game once a month. Get three or four of you. Five of you. Twenty cents, that's your dollar a day. Bingo. Become part of the West Papua independence movement. But it is hilarious, isn't it? It really is. You'd think the foreign minister would have bigger fish to fry. But obviously, they're very sensitive. And you know why they're sensitive? Because since the establishment of the West Papua independence movement office, Department of Trade, Foreign Affairs and Immigration which is run by Dr Jacob Rumbiak, the West Papua Foreign Minister, the only senior member of the West Papua executive who's not in jail or in West Papua but outside, they have successfully been able to lobby Melanesian states because West Papua is a Melanesian society and now are lobbying other countries around the world in their attempts to have a peaceful end to 60 years of colonisation in West Papua. So, as I said before, it is not often, not often we are able, as individuals, to make a significant impact and a significant difference. So, if you want to join the West Papua and Wren Collective, you can write to me at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can ring me on 0439 395 Leave a message, 0439 395 You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Okay? And I'll send you out all the necessary material. Okay, listen to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Two blokes called Steve. You like that? Sounds like the title of a play, maybe a musical. Two blokes called Steve. See, the trouble with President Donald Groper, you know, I'm not going to use that name, you know, the T name. Can't bear to use the T name. So I just like to use a name which actually tells us what the man's, you know, so President Graper, you know Donald Graper or President D Graper. See, there's two blokes called Steve in the White House who, you know, fought. we'll have a chat to Don Donald Graper, President L President Donald Graper, who thinks he's an emperor. You know, I'd forgotten there are checks and balances within the American uh, political system to uh, prevent people like uh, him uh, acting as an emperor and chup, 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 you know signing this, signing that. Well, two blokes called Steve, you know they. Bit bored, you know, bit bored. So they drew up this little thing he could sign about all these people from these funny countries, you know, Yemen and whatever, funny countries, you know, to ban them from going to the United States of America. Okay? Bang. So two blokes called Steve, wrote it all up, took it into the Oval Office. Gave it to Don, President Donald Groper, and he's really likes signing. You know, flourish, flourish, flourish. Loves signing. Sign the piece of paper, and hey, all hell breaks loose. You see, normally with a presidential executive order, you contact the Defence Department, you contact security, you know, CIA, whatever, and you and all those others, and you say, look. Uh, Is this okay for you, boys? Is this okay for you, girls? And then if they give it a tick of approval, you just sign it and off it goes. Well, guess what? I S Islamic State has now got the world's greatest recruiter. That's right, President Donald Groper has become the number one recruiter for Islamic State. See, because the Islamic State has been saying for a long time that we all hate Muslims, that we're going to kill them all, that you know that we're in the middle of a religious war you know between the Crusaders and them, and that we need a whole pile of bodies, millions of bodies in order to cleanse the earth of the, uh, the you know these other religious man and especially people like you and me I mean we're number one enemies, atheists, Whoa! who. The A word, pool, oh, not anarchist, atheists. Whoa, you're an atheist. Gone. Just chopped off my head there. So what's the best way to improve recruitment for Islamic State, which is now finding itself on its knees? What's the best way? Well, you do an executive order, which is basically a ban on Muslims in the United States. I mean, IS will say, Hey, look at this. Look at this. We've been saying this for years. These people are these crusaders, these barbarians. You know, we're the good guys. Come and join us. That's what I like about the Groper. Great man. As I said before, before the election, I was very keen to see President Donald Groper, you know, be elected as President of the United States of America because one or two things will happen. One or two things. One, we'll have chaos, chaos on multiple fronts, chaos, because the institutional structures which exist in the United States of America to temper the emperor, and that's why it was structured in such a way, to ensure that one person although a president has powers, those powers are defined by law. And are in many ways overseen by our Congress and the Senate. And that's why the presidents are always keen to stack legal bodies with their own handpicked people. But there are mechanisms via which, you know, these people are publicly examined before appointed to office, unlike in Australia, where the government of the day appoints anybody it likes to the High Court or any other court. No questioning regarding their political allegiances, their opinions on particular things. No questioning, just done automatically. At least in the United States, you go through these processes. So President D. Groper is now involved in this long campaign. It's going to be four years. Long campaign where... He will be trying to break down every legal barrier to him increasing his ability to make decisions Putin like. That's why the oligarch, President Donald Groper, is a good mate of the oligarch, Vladimir Putin, because Oligarchs are oligarchs. So what's an oligarch? People tell me. What's an oligarch? Well, an oligarch is very simple. It's a simple concept. It's been around for years. It's the old Robert baron syndrome, but it's a more fancy name, an oligarch. An oligarch is a person who has so much wealth, they determine the laws in a country and that it turned them in such a way that all the laws that are passed improve their ability to exercise power and wealth. That's an oligarch. Now, President Donald Groper finds himself in the Oval Office, elected by the people of America. Let's not forget that. I congratulate them for electing the Groper. I I think it was a great, great result. Because what it does... It'll either break the US of A and hopefully not the rest of the world if we find ourselves in some stupid little war about some crap. And, you know, as Australia, we've got to be very careful. You know, they talk about this uh, refugee deal. We've got to be really, really careful because President Groper's main enemy is the Chinese Communist Party. Not because of any ideological differences, but because they're also oligarchs. And a good way to hem in China is to actually have huge military bases and hardware on Australian soil and us being asked to choose, at a future date, who we're going to support. And we've seen that already. We've seen that already as... Under Obama, as more and more troops coming United, uh, United States troops coming into, uh, into Australia and bases like Tyndale are expanded, but that, that's a different story. So getting back, so there's going to be this internal crisis: is it the rule of law, or is it the rule of President Donald Groper? And that's the issue. And there are a number of ways that Americans are already beginning to fight back. of eligible voters voted during the presidential election. Donald Groper, president... Sorry, I've got to give him his due respect. President Donald Groper, right, did win the majority of states and had the college votes in order to acquire the presidency. Legal. Legitimately. Legal and legitimately. Whatever you think about it, legal and legitimate. The American people made that decision. They have made that decision. Decision. So let's see if the historical checks and balances which exist in the American system are enough to prevent a president acting as an emperor who issues decrees and then expects those decrees to be enforced. And how do you resist it? Well, we're seeing that resistance. You're resisted by mass protests every time. It's not going to change the government's policy. What it does, it stops their ability to maneuver. And then you have non cooperation with the state. Every state, whether through fear or through, you know, uh some type of symbiotic relationship, needs the cooperation of its citizens in order to function. And what we are seeing in the United States of America is people in authority not resigning en masse, which is what the President Groper would want because that would allow him to stack those positions with yes people, but actually not cooperating with these decrees, whether it's legal challenges and looking at the American Constitution, which offers protections to individuals from the arbitrary exercise of state power. Unlike our Constitution... There are no individual protections in the Australian Constitution apart from freedom of religion and freedom to be compensated if your land is acquired or your property is acquired by the state. There are no individual protections under the American Constitution irrespective of what we think. There are many individual protections and there are many legal manoeuvres which can be used in order to ensure that individual rights are protected. So you've got Mass mobilizations, you've got legal challenges, so you've got a classic inside-outside campaign. Inside-outside campaign. And that campaign will grow as people understand the significance of what's happened and the damage that can be caused to the United States of America. So it'll be a classic tussle. At the end of that tussle, we'll either have a president who rules by decree, irrespective of what the law and Congress and the Senate think, or we have a president whose wings have been clipped, who becomes more of a figurehead, governor-general style. So let's see what happens. But what it does is politicises the society. People will take sides. They need to take sides in order to be restrict the power that is exercised by one person. And that's what politics is about. It's about who exercises power, who owns wealth. That's what anarchism is about. It's about creating a society without rulers, without the Putins and the Pol Pots and the Hitlers and the you know, the uh, President Donald Gropers of the world. It's about devolving power, it's about giving people the opportunity to make the decisions which affect them it's about holding the wealth in common and using that wealth for the common good, not for individual gain, especially the individual gain of such a few people, 64 people own more than 50% of the wealth on the planet 2 Australians own more wealth than 5 million, come on, they work harder of course not Some of the hardest working people I've met in my life are people on the basic wage, are people who are, you know, working two or three jobs in order to make ends meet. I mean, you listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, this program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. As I said before, the program is podcast. It is podcast. That means you can. Can listen to the program at your leisure at a later date. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. This program is also rebroadcast at 6am, not that I expect anybody to be up at that time, every Friday on Community Radio 3cr, 3cr 3cr.org.au. This program is listened to across Australia on a number of the radio stations which are affiliated to the Community Radio Network. Now, a few things you can do. You can get involved in the campaigns we're involved in. You can create your own campaigns. But the important thing is you need to be involved in both inside and outside campaigns, and I'm not talking about indoors and outdoors. So, you've been listening to The Anarchist World this week. You can ring me on 439 395-489 three nine five four eight nine. Don't expect me to answer the phone. Leave a message. I'll get back to you when I can. You can write to me at post office box twenty Parkville three oh five two. Every Wednesday night, answer every correspondence. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo dot com. Anarchistage at yahoo dot com. You can become my friend and go to my personal Facebook page. You won't learn about what I did in the toilet bowl this morning but you will learn about all the activities that I'm involved in. Toscano T-O-S-C-A-N-O, the number four, the public. Toscano for the public. You can go to the PIBC website, public interest before corporate interest. Download the application form to join pipsy public interest before corporate interest. Info at pibc.net. You can go to the website pibc.net. You can go to the Pipsy Facebook page, just put public interest before corporate interest Facebook page you can go to the Defend and Extend Public Housing Australia Facebook page Defend and Extend Public Housing and you can go to the Anarchist Media Institute website, anarchistmedia.org anarchistmedia.org a lot of things you can do you can be busy all week or you can watch, I think the tennis is over, you can watch the women's AFL sport, you know Whatever you like, you can watch it on the YouTube Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week Courtesy of the Community Radio Network Via your local community radio station My name is Joseph Toscano I've been hosting the Anarchist World this week Hopefully you'll listen in next week Well if you don't, life goes on Sooner or later the whole planet will disintegrate And you know, it'll just be dust but in the interim, you can listen to The Anarchist World this week. It is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Listen in to The Anarchist World this week via your local community radio station. Next week, thank you once again to the Community Radio Network for broadcasting the program across Australia. Here we go. The ether is about to come upon us. I'm about to disappear, hopefully I have entered your mind and I am corrupting you in a very positive sense, hoping that you will become active in the near future. Thank you once again for listening to us today. Evil minds that plot destruction. Death construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds oh large